We got Zion Williamson's NBA 2K rating. High, low, but what does it really say about what to expect from him next season? Plus, my story on how I ended up covering the NBA in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, and I'm excited. A little bit of a different show in the second and third segments, and in this first segment, we're going to talk about Zion Williamson and his NBA 2K rating. Again, is it too high? Is it too low? But it actually kind of tells us a little bit about what to expect from him. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Whether that was the offseason free agency, we're going to start previewing next season. We told you what to expect from the rookies. All of that, we've been covering it here Monday through Friday. No paywall, completely free. You know where to go, right? There's going to be a show every day, not just randomly at other times. We're here consistently every day for you, the only show doing that. I'm excited for the season. I know you are too. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment, and of course, comment down below on YouTube. It's the number one thing you can do to help keep the show free for y'all and support it that way. So Zion Williamson, his NBA 2K rating, drum roll please, 87. He's an 87. Does that seem too high, too low, especially given that he missed all of last year? Frankly, 87 seems fine. There's a little bit of a, like, prove it in there, but yeah, we know you still have a lot of talent, right? That's a B-plus score for a guy that didn't play at all last season, that's missed more games than he's played. It says a lot about the talent that he has. So, to be perfectly honest, I think it's fine. You know, if they're going to update the ra- the ratings and they do that often, he's going to finish the season higher than an 87. I feel very confident in that. But for a guy that's in a bit of a prove-it year, okay. And these players take these, these numbers seriously, right? Kevin Durant commented on his 2K rating, wondering why he was a 96 instead of a 99. As if, dude, just can't stop tweeting. But I don't know. Maybe this motivates Zion to a certain degree, right? You know he has a deal with them. You've seen him on the cover before. We just saw a video, and this is what we're going to talk about next with this, of him throwing down dunks in a mocap suit really in there, right? He's embedded with the 2K franchise, and they rate him as an 87? I don't know. Maybe that motivates him a little bit. And I'm all for anything that motivates Zion Williamson more, because I've been saying you're going to see Zion Williamson 2.0 this year, and let's add more to it. Make it a better 2.0 because he's coming in in shape, more motivated and bought in than he ever has been before. I don't know. It makes me really excited for the season. Another number that's tied to his rating that makes me really excited too, 97. That's his dunk rating. That's tied for the highest in the game alongside John Morant. And if you watch that video of him at the 2K studios in the mocap suit, throwing down dunks and making them, frankly, look easy, yeah. The Zion 2.0 thing is absolutely real. He looks good. He looks 
very, very good. He looks in shape. He makes this stuff look effortless. And it just reminds us how dominant he was in his second year in the league when he scored 70% at the rim. And just the interior scoring that he had blew everyone else in the NBA away. Everyone else, including Giannis, away in the NBA. No one was close to him. You could argue he is the most efficient scorer in the league when he's healthy and playing at his best. And it's an easy argument to make. So 97 for his dunk rating, tied with Jaw. The guys at 2K definitely think that he's in line for a big year, that he's going to be good. You wouldn't give him that if you thought there was a foot injury or it was going to limit him or anything like that. And I'm sure after they saw him up close in person filming all of this stuff, they realize how big of a season he is in store for. It feels like the 2K guys know a little bit more than the people over in Vegas who set those over-unders for the season. And as we did a show on that, explained, using math, why that number for the Pelicans seemed a little bit low. Zion's worth his sophomore year in the league, his second year, is worth about 12 wins. Let's see if we can bump that number up even higher. And with a 97 and a dunk rating and 87 overall, definitely feels like that could be the case. So, you know... The number may feel a little low, and let me know in the comments down below on YouTube, do you think that's too high, too low, just right? I think it's fine. I'm frankly cool with it if it's a little low to see if that motivates him in some capacity, because again, these players take that stuff really seriously. They feel slighted if they think it's lower than it should be. Him not being at least a 90, he probably feels that. Whatever it is that puts a chip on your shoulder and gets you ready to go, because I want to see a motivated Zion next season, and we are. Partially because he's also got like $43 million to, to, that he could potentially earn on his next contract. So, yeah, should be plenty motivated going in. And I'm excited that the dunk rating is a 97, because that means a lot of other people are feeling really good about him too. Kind of validating and confirming a lot of what we've thought we've seen from him this offseason. Zion should be in store for a big year. All right, coming up next, my story. Jake Madison here, how I ended up covering the NBA. I do this every year. I like to kind of dive into it a little bit. It gives you a little bit of my philosophy on how I cover this team too and what I try and do and accomplish on the show. So it's going to be coming up over the next two segments here. Or if you want to break into this media industry yourself, maybe some good tips in there too. That's coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. You've got to try the Built Puffs. These are awesome. They're light. They're airy. The consistency is wonderful. And they come in the most unbelievably delicious flavors because look, this is protein infused marshmallow. No other protein bar is giving you things like that. Other protein bars dense, right? They kind of taste metallic. I had one that was at a waxy consistency and tasted waxy and it was awful. I still kind of can taste it in my mouth and it's miserable. Now, Built Bars, delicious, indulgent, and good for you. They got a cookie dough chunk bar out right now covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the puffs, they're light, and they have a light and airy, chewy texture. This one has real cookie dough chunks on top of it, and again, covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus, even better, it's healthy for you. So you can go to built.com right now to snag a box for yourself. And like all built bars, the cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate, healthy and tasty. And all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of additional health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is really good for you. 
Go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15. That's a promo code I use. It's new. They updated it. Locked on 15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked on 15 over at built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's even simple things like 2K ratings, right? And how it applies and matters to the New Orleans Pelicans. That is going to be a theme on something I'm going to talk about, particularly in the third segment and kind of my philosophy and how I do this. But my story here, because I get this question a lot, because every a lot of people, I don't want to say everyone, a lot of people want to get into sports media. They think it's a dream job, right? Being around sports, watching sports, and then covering that and kind of translating that for people. It is often that, but this is also a pretty brutal industry to be up front with y'all. And it took a while, a long while, to get where I am today. There really aren't very many shortcuts when it comes to this sort of thing. I started during the 2010-2011 season, Chris Paul's last year, whichever year that was, and that's how old I'm like dating myself on, right? So I've been doing this for over a decade at this point. But I broke in at the right time, and I think that's something to keep in mind. It's a lot harder to get into this industry now than it was when I first started, which was kind of right at the beginning of the like blog days, the blog rise, kind of a bit of a shift from traditional paper media to internet kind of based with everything. Um, yeah, 2011, 2010-2011 20, season was final year. That's when I started covering the team. I just gotten a real job two years out of college working in finance. And the first kind of like purchase I made was Pelican season tickets. It was an unbelievably good deal. It was then Hornet season tickets. I bought two in the balcony. It was two and then they gave you two more for free. They were just so desperate to try and fill up the place. So I had four tickets for the price of two, which was a deal that was grandfathered in for a really, really long time. About midway through that year, I just decided I wanted to start covering the team. I kind of was reading some of the blogs around here. Hornets 24-7 became Bourbon Street Shots, right? One of the first ones. It was at the Hive, I guess, is what the Bird Rights is now before all the rebrands and everything. Those were, I kind of fell in love with those, right? As a way to kind of connect with the team or to follow the team closer with people that just kind of spoke to me more so than the newspaper did and some of the beat writers that they had on at the time. So about midway through the year, and I have a writing background, I studied English and creative writing in college, that I decided, hey, I should do this. I think I can do this. And I reached out to what was then Swarm and Sting, was the fan-sided site, and asked if I could write and did it for free. James Grayson, I don't, I don't think he covers the team anymore, but shout out to him for giving my first chance. I basically said, like, give me a shot. We'll do it for free, right? And that's unfortunately how the route a lot of people took working for free. And that's not something I really want to advocate for anyone. And I was lucky to be able to do it and work for free. I had a job that was paying me, right? I'm lucky that I had, you know, a good education, Tulane grad, right? That allowed me to have a, a decent writing background. So I was able to kind of send over a sample of an article and they were like, okay, that's good. Come on in, right? I, I want to acknowledge that there were a number of privileges I had with this, whether that's honestly white privilege to a degree or class privilege to a degree as well. I think those kind of play a factor in a lot of this, right? It's frankly, especially because this is a male dominated white person industry, easier for me to break in than a lot of other people. So I don't think it's always, yeah, I was really good at this the whole time, right? I came along at the right time. I wanted to do it and I was willing to work for no money. That's a big part of breaking into this industry in the beginning. So after, you know, that one season of writing for that site, Hornets 24-7, 
you know, picked me up, eventually rebranded to Bourbon Street Shots. And I more or less ran that site there for a while, producing most of the content, along with a number of other great people. And from there, you know, Locked On came along and needed a host after Brett Dawson was the original host of the show for about 30 shows or so, then left. And, you know, I got recommended. They reached out to me. This is my sixth year now hosting the show. This will be my sixth season, sixth season going into this. So I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, with this, you know, I, I was doing this and Bourbon Street Shots for a year. Then I wanted to focus mainly just on this. And I'll be honest, you know, I didn't really ever make a dime or much money at all with Bourbon Street Shots and locked on Pelicans four or five years into my career, if you want to call it that, was when I finally started making money. And it wasn't always easy with this either, right? I've always had another full-time job. I've never done this full-time. I do now. And you know, early in Locked On, I saw the vision and what they were doing, but there was definitely a month where I got a $7 check, $40 check, right, for, for 20 plus shows. You have to grind in all of this. So, you know, my story is I reached out to someone to tr basically get them to take a chance on me and not ask for money. So it makes it a lot easier for them to give you a chance. Worked a lot more as a passion project than anything, you know, as a hobby. This is something I love and I love sharing this with y'all. You can hear it during my voice, I'm sure, and in the shows a lot during the season. And from there, you know, just plugging away at it for no money, no, you know, huge following or anything like that on Twitter, ended up in the right circumstance that eventually took off. But there were times when, you know, we thought Locked On might not. But I believed in the vision. I, I don't mind working hard. And that's what I've done here at Locked On Pelicans, why we're the most listened to, you know, Pelicans show why the audience is really strong and beats a lot of the big market teams too and would surprise you. And it's an awesome fan base to be a part of. So that's kind of my story on how I ended up where I am. To, to be honest with y'all, I don't know if that's something that's uh, replicable now with the blog culture not being quite the same as it was once before with so many more people in this space, it can be tough to make a name for yourself to stand out. It takes a lot of work and it takes consistent work, right? So let's get into that in the next segment on tips because this is something I get a lot, but it also helps kind of provide y'all a glimpse of my philosophy on what I do on the show and how I cover the team. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Whether it's 2K ratings, right? Whether it was me and Antonio Daniels talking about how the narrative around this team is changing. Go listen to that show if you haven't. We did it the day that Zion officially signed his contract. That was a fun day. He gives a lot of great insight to the team. A number of other really great shows from the offseason. I've got a couple more planned before we really get into the nitty gritty of getting back to five days a week and getting you up to speed and everything you want to know about this. We're going to do like an advanced stats show too, where I kind of break down the advanced stats that I use, which will be used a lot this coming season. So if you're a new listener, maybe we'll help you kind of understand some of the things that I look for and talk about too. So we're talking kind of about my story, my path to, you know, being the Locked On Pelicans host here and the person you're listening to or watching right now. So I, I kind of gave you the route that I took and it's hard, Right. You know, there's a lot of people who also kind of took that similar route that aren't doing this anymore for whatever reason. You know, maybe it was, it wasn't pain. And as you get older, you kind of fall off with some of that stuff. And trust me, there've been times when I thought about this isn't worth it, but Lockdown's doing well now. And, you know, a lot of people do often ask, how do you make it? Not just my route here, but like what 
makes you successful. And the first thing I always tell people, always tell people is you've got to put out content. And it's not just Twitter, right? You know, I don't, I don't think most people care if you're looking for a job or if someone, you know, all of that stuff, what your Twitter following is to a degree, right? Because I post the links to this show every single day, four times a day, three times a day, something like that. I get about maybe 10 people clicking on those links and watching a show. I can track all that, right? You know, for all the followers I have, it doesn't translate to people listening and thus doesn't generate those sorts of things. So you have to put out content and then hope people find it. And you do that by being consistent. That is like the number one thing I think it is. You know, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to make money. You're not going to gain a following posting one article a month, one podcast a month or anything like that, right? Or if you are, make sure you're doing it every single month. And that's that's one of the biggest things. You got to, you know, if you want to be a writer, you've got to write. If you want to be a podcaster, you've got to podcast. It's the number one thing, I think. You know, the other parts with that truly are kind of finding your voice. You know, I think I strike a right balance of fan, but being objective and like an analyst too. And there's sometimes when one comes out more than the other, you know, I don't consider myself like a breaking news reporter, a beat reporter like Will Guillory, like Christian Clark, like Andrew Lopez are. I'm doing something different from them, you know, and I think that's, that's fine. There's places for all of that. There are moments when I get scoops and look, I have sources and I talk to people with the team and I'll share them on here when I think they're relevant. But my job is not to break news. It's to do a show for y'all. And that show is Pelicans centric. So one thing you'll notice when I do recaps, right? I don't really talk about the other team a ton. And I talk about it in the sense of how they impact the Pelicans in New Orleans, right? Because this is a Pelicans show. And I sometimes think you, you got to remember what your audience wants with those sorts of, of things, right? This should be fun. So you should make it about what people want to hear. Can I give the audience what they want is a really big thing. And of course, kind of capture those moments when they're thirsting for it to a degree, right? How often have I gone with a show immediately after big news? Being able to kind of jump on those moments is really, really big. But finding your own voice is important. You know, whatever that might be, are you the X's and O's guy, right? That's breaking down the sets and the plays that they're running. Are you the advanced stats person? that's kind of looking at some of the numbers behind what they're seeing. Are you just an eye test person? There's room for all of that too. And kind of find your voice and go with it. You know, to a degree, I think we all play a character. I feel like I play a character at times on the show. I think writers feel at times like they're playing a character for kind of what fits that they built up. And I think that's really useful. Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, really recommends that if you want to be a podcaster, especially if you're doing it on YouTube too, take acting classes or improv classes. One, that's going to help you with interviews. But two, you know, this is to a degree a performance. It's a genuine performance. I'm never going to lie to y'all or anything like that. Um, But I think those are really important things. You know, people can smell and realize when you're trying too hard, if you're making up source stories, especially if those don't come true, people know and it hurts your credibility. And if that's you know, if you want to be a social media person, that's fine. But then don't try and break stories, right? Or, or say you're breaking stories because people people know. It's very, very obvious when people are kind of grifting or just doing this because they want a following or things like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a following on social media. But shortcuts don't always work, right? And once people realize that and you burn people, 
it go it goes wrong. You know, one of the things I always strive to do with other people in the media is I try and be a good person. I do not attack other media, if you notice, even when y'all are calling me to do that. I don't think there's any point of that. I focus on my own show and I don't really care so much what other people say. They say things about the team that are wrong. They're allowed to be wrong. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come in here and say the right things about the team. Because being you know the daily guy that covers the team, honestly, I know it better than a lot of the national media people. So I think that stuff can all exist. And I'd rather focus on the team and the interesting things they're doing rather than creating content for Colin Coward or other people to be like, you guys are idiots. Because that's not necessarily what you want to hear five days a week or even once a week. And so when... I tell people, you know, if you want to cover the team, cover the team. Don't cover the stories around the team. Cover the team. There's a big difference between those sorts of things. And I really try and apply that to my philosophy and my approach on this show. You know, we might use Zion as an 87, right? That's noise from the outside. But that's a jumping off point for a more interesting discussion about how he looks good, how he's healthy, and he should be throwing down some crazy dunks this year right? Even yesterday, Jonas Valanciunas, did he get hurt, right? It was more of a discussion that that's a jumping off point for discussion about how he kind of fits in his role on the team, right? Same for Billy Hernan Gomez. It's less about how he's playing for Spain and more about how he fits into the team from a roster perspective and a team building perspective. And that's what makes for interesting content, not being like, oh my God, this person said this about the team and then spending time doing it joking on the Lakers aside, we get to do that because that's a lot of fun. But I think that's what makes you successful. Look at all the people who just try and make jokes on Twitter. Are they doing anything? Are they making money from that? The answer is no. So if you want to make money, if you want to have a following, you need to put out quality content that people want, whatever that might be. And there's a ton of that out there. Even if it's niche, there are people who will find you. I will see you. I spend time reading every week different things that people send me. You know, and I think that's always a good approach to going about it. So that's kind of a little bit on my philosophy on how I try and cover this team. You know, the the final thing is I always try and be fair, right? As I said, I think I strike the right balance between fan and analyst so that if the team's bad, I'm going to tell you they're bad. If Zion's being a bit of a dickhead and not doing what he should be, I'm going to call it out, right? It's not always about promoting the team. I always, I've, I've said this repeatedly, right? I try and shoot you straight on this. That's what we want to do here because there's plenty of people who don't and then the team more often than not, unfortunately, hopefully not this year, falls on their face and then they look foolish from building them up so much. So I always keep that type of stuff in mind. I will shoot you straight every single time when it comes to this team with my opinion on what it is. Look, I'm wrong too. That happens and that's okay. It gives us something to talk about and us all to laugh about. If you listen to today's Locked On NBA, I'm on there every Wednesday. I'm joking about like multiple things that John and I have almost caused to happen by getting it wrong, including Donovan Mitchell trade and a Kawhi Leonard trade to the Raptors originally too. All right. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into how I ended up here and that it's not an easy road. I'm always happy to answer questions you all might have. My DMs are open, so please reach out to me there or on Twitter, at Nola Jake. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all on Friday. we got a lot more to talk about with this team.